0: Brother Brian running the live stream tonight, and everybody's been sick or gone for a a couple of, about three weeks, and uh, so uh, so, uh, you don't think anybody watches it until it's not on, and then everybody wants to call, wants to know why it ain't on, and uh, so I hope we got some folks watching tonight, and I hope Marty Huffman will turn gun smoke off and switch back over to us tonight, Amen. All right, 1 Samuel chapter 7. And the Bible said, And the man of or Jerim, came and fetched up the ark of the Lord and brought it unto the house of Abinadad in the hill and sanctified Eliezer his son to keep the ark of the Lord. It came to pass while the ark abode in Kerjeth Jerim, that the time was long, for it was twenty years, And all the house of Israel lamented after the Lord. And Samuel spake unto all the house of Israel, saying, If you do return unto the Lord with all your hearts, then put away the strange gods and astraught from among you, and prepare your hearts unto the Lord, and serve him only, and he will deliver you out of the hand of the Philistines. And then the children of Israel did put away Balaam, and Ashtaroth, and served the Lord only. And Samuel said, Gather all Israel to Mizpah, and I'll pray for you unto the Lord. And they gathered together to Mizpah, and drew water, and poured it out before the Lord, and fasted on that day, and said, There we have sinned against the Lord. And Samuel judged the children of Israel in Mizpah. And when the Philistines heard that the children of Israel were gathered "...to gather the Mizpah, the lords of the Philistines went up against Israel. And when the children of Israel heard it, they were afraid of the Philistines. And the children of Israel said to Samuel, Cease not to cry unto the Lord our God for us, that he will save us out of the hand of the Philistines. And Samuel took a suckling lamb and offered it for a burnt offering wholly unto the Lord." And Samuel cried unto the Lord for Israel, and the Lord heard him. And as Samuel was offering up the burnt offering, the Philistines drew near to battle against Israel. But the Lord thundered with a great thunder on that day upon the Philistines, and this comforted them, and they were smitten before Israel. And the man of Israel went out of Mizpah and pursued the Philistines, and smote them until they came under Bethachar. And then Samuel took a stone and set it between Mizpah and Shin and called the name of it El- Elenezer, Ebenezer, saying, Hitherto hath the Lord helped us. Thank you be seated. Our Father, we thank you, Lord, to be able to be back to church on Sunday night. Amen. And uh, Lord, we, we too, Lord, seek after the Lord tonight for His guidance. And we know the way you guide us is through the Holy Spirit. And we know He always is guiding us, but sometimes we don't have enough discernment to follow Him. Lord, help me to have enough discernment tonight to know exactly uh, how I need to go and what I need to say and when I need to quit. And Lord, I pray that You'll help others also to know uh, how the Spirit might be leading them tonight. And if we'll all become obedient under the higher power of God, we can leave in a little while and feel like it's been worthwhile tonight. Lord, add your blessings, and we'll thank you and praise you in Christ's name. Amen and amen. Um, As we read these verses tonight, uh, if you know anything uh, about revival and about the Bible, we're we're right here on the eve. They said back in the prayer room, we're on the eve of a three-day revival. And somebody said, you can't have much of a revival in three days. I've seen God send a revival in one day. Uh, I've seen the Lord show up and move in one service and do more than He'd do in a whole week long of meetings. Amen. And it's, it's not to what God can do or how long it'll take God to do it. It's us getting to the place where that God can do it. Amen. And as you read these verses tonight, you know that Israel, uh, they're in bad need of a revival. Uh, the Bible said it had been a long time, 20 years. That's a long time. And uh, I think tonight that I don't know of any place tonight that couldn't use a revival. I don't know no place so spiritual, no church doing so good that they don't need a revival. And uh, Israel's about to have one. You say, why? They want one. And uh, you'll never have one. I'll never have one, That we want one. And uh, we know that because the Bible said that they fetched up the ark. I like that word. They fetched up the ark. The Bible said they came and fetched up the ark of the Lord. And so that ark stood for the presence of God. And uh, somebody said we need to go get God. I've heard people preach on that text. I don't know if I ever have or not. It's a good one. On somebody go get God. But that's basically what they were saying here. They were saying somebody needs to go get God. Uh, That ark is a type of the presence of God. And the Bible said they lamented after the Lord in verse two. Been twenty years, and they begin to lament after the Lord. Or really, what that verse is saying, they begin to cry after the Lord. They uh, they begin to seek the Lord. They begin to lament and pray that God would bless them. And you know, any time a people begins to do that, God is more willing to bless uh, than we are uh, to seek after the Lord. But then the Lord said, "Well." He said, uh, "Put away them strange gods. Uh, if you want me to bless you, he said, put away them strange gods." In verse three, uh, the Bible said, uh, "The Lord uh, turn you to the Lord with all your hearts, and then put away the strange gods." Down in verse four, it said the children of Israel did put away Balaam and Asrod and serve the Lord only. Well. We know the reason we can't have a meeting a lot of times is we're not willing to put away our strange gods. Uh, we're not really willing to, to turn off the TV and get in the car and go down to the house of God. Uh, we're, not, we're not willing to, uh, to cancel the hunting trip or the fishing trip or uh, whatever it might be, the shopping trip. Uh, we're not willing to, to put away these things that we put in front of God But they'd got to a place that they was willing to do it. Uh, They got to a place that they was wanting God so bad uh, uh, that the Bible said they did all of that. Uh, They put God back in His proper place. You know where God's proper place is? uh, It's first. Amen? Uh, He is to be first in our life. Uh, And He wants to be first in our life. God is a jealous God. And he has every right to be jealous. He paid a high dollar for us. We belong to him. And, uh, and he gets jealous when we're uh, serving the world more than we are him, or the devil more than we are him. And so they're, they're seeking after, uh, after the Lord, uh, and, uh, and they begin to serve the Lord. They begin to put away their strange gods. Uh, and now they're in a position for the Lord to do something for them. Did you know God always wants to bless us, but we're not always in a position where God can bless us. And uh, the old people used to pray God help us get on praying ground and interceding terms with God. And uh, sometimes uh, the Lord has blessings for us, but we got to get in that place where we can get the blessings. I know salvation's free. Jesus paid it all. It don't cost you nothing. Uh, but the blessings of God, the power of God, the Uh, presence of God, those things will cost you something. You have to give up a little bit uh, to get extra of those. Amen. Uh, And so the Bible said that uh, the Lord, uh, He had mercy on them. And of course, you know what happens whenever you get close to revival. You know what happens when you start putting away your strange gods. You know what happens when you begin to cry after the Lord. You know what happens when you begin to uh, seek the presence of God, you say, what happens? Well, verse 7, the Philistines heard uh, about it. And those Philistines are top of the devil, the demons, amen. amen. And uh, whenever you start moving toward God, the devil starts moving toward you. Uh, someone said, the closer you get to God, the closer you get to the devil. A lot of truth to that, amen. Yeah. Uh, he don't bother most people. Why? They're so far away from God. He knows there's no danger there. Uh, but you begin to move in close to the Lord and seek after the Lord and cry after the Lord uh, and the devil start causing some things to happen. Uh, it's just that real. You So I think it's just happening. You mean you don't believe there's a real devil? Uh, I believe there's a real devil. And uh, I believe it because the Bible said he's as real as God is. And, uh, and as much as God wants to bless us, he wants to stop those blessings from coming to us. Amen. And so the Lord seen what they did and you know when you're crying after the Lord, and lamenting after the Lord, you don't put away your strange gods, you don't have to worry about no Philistines. You say, why? God's going to take care of it. Amen. Uh, god's going to fight your battle and that's exactly what he did. Uh, the Bible said the Lord thundered out against them. Uh, the Lord uh, scared them away, amen. Uh, the Bible said "Greater's he that's in you than he that's in the world. And God's greater than the devil. The devil's mighty, but God's almighty. Uh, and uh, the devil's not omnipresent. God he is. The devil's not all-powerful. God he is. Uh, and uh, so if, if we get where we need to be, somebody say, well, I'm afraid to get close to the Lord. I'm afraid the devil will attack. He will, but God will thunder out against him. Uh, the Lord will take care of it if you're doing what you need to do. Amen. And uh, so God thundered out against him. And uh, the Bible said the men of Israel, verse 11, they pursued the Philistines and smote them until they came under Bethachar, which is about 20 miles from here. And so they put them on the run. I like it when we put the enemy on the run, don't you? Uh, I like it when we're winning and he ain't. Uh, And so uh, the Lord helped them there. And uh, because of that, verse 12 said that Samuel... He took a stone and set it between Mizpah and Shin, halfway between. And he called the name of it Ebenezer, saying, Hitherto hath the Lord helped me. And the Bible said that because God had helped them there, they wanted to remember it. Uh, They wanted to put a memorial there, if you will. And so they put a huge stone there. And uh, in days to come, when our children would come through there, And they'd say, what meaneth this stone? Or what's this stone for? They'd say, well, God helped us there. And I got to thinking about that. That word, uh, Ebenezer, uh, that word within itself means a stone of help. Uh, I'm glad that God can help us. Uh, We hear a lot of songs about uh, raising up your Ebenezer. What's that mean? Well, uh, that means uh, bringing up the place where God helped you. And I got to looking in my Bible and I found out that God put a stone in a lot of places where you and I can get some help. Uh, The first place I want to look at tonight is over in Numbers chapter 20. Now we could go to Exodus 17, but we're going to go to Numbers. Because here in Numbers it tells about Moses smiting that rock. I hope you've read about that in your Bible. And the Bible said in verse 7 of Numbers 20, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Take the rod, and gather thou the assembly together, thou and Aaron and thy brothers, and speak ye unto the rock. Before their eyes, and it shall give forth his water, and thou shalt bring it forth to them. Water out of the rock, so shalt thou give the congregation and their Beast drank, and Moses took the rod from before the Lord, and as he has commanded them, him. And Moses and Aaron gathered the congregation together before the rock, and he said unto them, Here now, you rebels, must you fetch your water out of this rock. And Moses lifted up his hand, and with his rod he smote the rock twice, and the water came out abundantly. The congregation drank, and the beast also the Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron, Because ye believe me not to sanctify me in the eyes of the children of Israel, therefore ye shall not bring this congregation into the land which I have given unto them. This is the water of Meribah, because the children of Israel strove with the Lord, and he was sanctified in them. Now, I want you to notice here that there's a big stone there. And uh, God told Moses to smite the stone back in Exodus 17. Now here the Lord don't tell him to smite the stone. He tells him to speak to the rock. Speak to the rock. Well we know from 1 Corinthians 10 and 4 we know that that rock was Christ. Uh, The Bible says that in uh, 1 Corinthians 10 and verse 4 it said that rock that followed them was Christ. We know Jesus stood one day at that great day of the feast and Jesus stood and said if any man thirst uh, let him come unto me and out of his innermost being shall flow rivers of water this spake he of the spirit that was not yet given uh, uh, because Christ was not yet glorified uh, and so that rock was a type of calvary that rock was a type of the cross uh, now I don't know about you fellows, tonight uh, but I tell you what I can do tonight I can say Ebenezer down at the cross. Uh, uh, You say, why? Hitherto the Lord helped me there. Uh, uh, That's the first place the Lord ever did help me was down at the cross. uh, uh, At the cross, at the cross where I first saw the light uh, uh, and the burden of my heart rolled away. Uh, uh, Yes, sir, when I look there and I look at this cross, I see here tonight, boy, God... uh, uh, he don't take lightly that cross. Uh, uh, you see, that that rock was a type of the cross. Uh, and God told Moses back in Exodus 17, He said, smite it once. Uh, uh, and Moses smote it. But here in Numbers, uh, God don't say smite it. God said, speak to it. Uh, Uh, I'm glad that Jesus don't have to be crucified no more. Uh, uh, He's already been spitting up on Calvary's hill. Uh, I I don't have to crucify Him again today. Uh, All i got to do is speak to Him. Amen. Uh, I I tell you, I found a lot of help down there at the cross. Uh, uh, I tell you, uh, we don't want to get too far away from the cross. Uh, Jesus, keep me near the cross. Uh, uh, There's a precious fountain. Amen. Uh, uh, you can't never go wrong preaching on the cross, singing about the cross, uh, uh, because it's one of God's favorite subjects. His son died there. Uh, uh, and that's why when Moses smit that cross, uh, uh, in typology, Moses was crucified, uh, uh, Christ afresh, uh, And it offended God. And God said, because you did that, you're not going to be able to go into the promised land. You're not going to be able to lead them in there. Now we know he got in there. You say, how do we know that? Because he appeared on the mountain in Matthew 17. We know he got in there, but he just wasn't able to lead them in there. Joshua had to lead them in there. I'm glad I found some help down at the cross. You see... The cross is where Jesus took my place. We preached about it this morning. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. Uh, thank God I found a substitute. I think about, uh, I think about old Barabbas, you know. He was scheduled to die, go to the cross, uh, but they let him go because Jesus took his place. Uh, uh, you know why you and I are not getting crucified? Jesus took our place. Uh, uh, aren't you glad? I found some help there at the cross. Uh, Romans 5 and 6 said, When we were without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly, scarcely for a righteous man. Some would die a for a good man. Some would even dare to die. But God commendeth His love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, uh, Christ died for us." Uh, Yes, sir, I go there to the cross uh, and I find that stone that Moses uh, Moses smit there. I, and I can say, Ebenezer, I, I, the Lord helped me there. I, oh, I thank God for that morning I got saved. And the Lord, I, I, he helped me when I come to the cross. Ain't you glad about that? I, That's where my sins were forgiven, amen. Not only was they forgiven, they were forgotten. That's something to shout about, amen. I got some help down there at the cross. You say, what do you mean? That's where I got my debt paid. I don't know if you owe anything or not, but if you owed a large debt tonight and somebody came up and they said, I'm going to pay that off for you, uh, wouldn't that be some help? Uh, that's what Jesus did on the cross. Uh, uh, he paid our sin debt. The wages of sin was death. But the gift uh, of God was eternal life. Uh, uh, yes, sir, I raised my Ebenezer down at the cross. Uh, and I say, hither to the Lord uh, has helped me there. Uh, yes, sir, it's amazing how God puts a stone in the Bible that all these places of help. Matthew 16, I love this passage. Jesus, the Bible said, came under the coast of Caesarea Philippi. He asked his disciples, he said, who do men say that I am? You know the Lord, he's concerned about what you say about him. He don't care what the world says. We know what the world says about him. They hate him. We don't have to guess about what they think about the Lord. They don't love your Lord. Jesus said, they hated me and they'll hate you. But the Lord is concerned what, what his disciples think about him. He is concerned about what Peter thinks about him. And old Peter come back and the Lord said, what are they saying about me out there? He said, well, some say art John the Baptist, some say you're a liar, others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. Amen? Why do they think he's John the Baptist? People think that Jesus was this little effeminate preacher uh, that never got on anybody's feelings and never stepped on anybody's toes. Uh, but the truth of the matter was he preached so much like John the Baptist uh, uh, that they thought John was resurrected from the dead. You say, how John preached? Pretty rough. He called them snakes and vipers and hypocrites. Amen. That's the way he preached to that religious crowd. Others said he's Elias. What do they think he was Elias for? The power he had. Uh, uh, He's raising the dead. He's doing miracles and they think he's Elias. And others say, well, I think he's Jeremiah. What do they think is Jeremiah? He's a weeping man. He went around weeping, crying all the time. Jeremiah was the weeping prophet. And so that's why they said that. But Simon Peter said, That's what they're saying. Uh, he said, But what do you say? He said, I say you're the Christ, the Son of the living God. Uh, and uh, Peter said, Blessed art thou, Simon Bar Jonah, flesh and blood, if not revealed this unto thee. But my Father, which is in heaven, uh, if you ever find out who Jesus is, the Father i will have to reveal it to you. Amen. He said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. That must have sounded good to Jesus. And Jesus answered, watch it. And he said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona. Flesh and blood hath not revealed unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say unto thee, watch it. Thou art Peter. And upon this rock, you know what a rock is? That's a stone. Amen. Not only can I say Ebenezer down at the cross, hitherto the Lord hath helped me. But I can say Ebenezer down at the church house. The Lord has helped me down there, amen. I I tell you, I love the church. You say, well, that's because you're the pastor. I I, I love the church even if I wasn't a pastor. I love the church because I'm saved. And of all the church has done for me and all the help I've got through the church, I love the church. and I doubt the salvation of somebody that don't love the church. Amen. I, I, the Bible said Christ loved the church and gave Himself for it. I got a lot of help down to church. You know, it's a lot of people could say Ebenezer, I got help down to church, but they never did go down to church. You ever think about that? Yes, sir. There's a lot of people. Why? Only God knows how many light bills, electric bills, groceries, gas, how much money that we have given out to people that don't come to this church are not going to come to this church, are not going to go to any church unless there's a change in their life. And they'll go out there and talk about the church. And they'll say, oh, that church thinks about money They'll have a hard time proving that around here. We can't even remember to take an offering. Amen. They say all that church thinks about is money. Isn't that, a, isn't that kind of ironic that the world out there say all the church wants is money, but as soon as they get out of money, they head there. They better be glad because we wouldn't have none to give them if, they, if it wasn't for that. Amen. There's a whole lot of people who could say, hitherto, the Lord helped me down to church. I, well, I can't tell you over 42 years how many times I've sat in homes, counseled young people, marriage was on the rocks, fixing to go to divorce court, and they called last resort. They done tried everything else. Last resort, call the preacher. Preacher's always the first resort when it comes to financial needs but he's always the last resort when it comes to family and physical and counseling needs, amen. They don't want to hear what he's got to say. It always aggravated me. You preach a sermon and somewhere in the course of that sermon, I don't do it much, I have done it. You say something about smoking and somebody will get mad and you won't see them two or three said, What What happened to old brother so-and-so? Oh, he got mad when you was preaching on smoking. He got mad at you. He said he'd never be back down at that church. That same bird will go to the doctor and go in and the doctor will say, you need to quit smoking and he'll hug his neck, give him $200 and thank him for telling him that. And I told him for free. Amen. That's the way that stuff goes. But I tell you, I don't know about them, but i tell you about me tonight. I'm talking about me and my family tonight, uh, my, my loved ones tonight. I can say Ebenezer down at the church I, I, because hitherto the Lord has helped me. Amen. Oh, yeah. I got added to it one day. Hope you did. Amen. You see, the preacher, he can get you in the baptistry, he can get you in the books, but he can't get you in the church. You see, there's a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a worldly church, so to speak. There's a, there's a church that's in the world. I can get you in it. If I wanted to, I could put your name on the book. I could take you in the Street, put you in the water. But I can't get you in that one up there. I don't have access to it. Uh, I can't get you that baptism that really counts. Uh, the one the Bible said by one spirit, we're all baptized uh, uh, into one body. That's the one that counts. Now I'm I'm for physical baptism. That's a picture of that spiritual one. But that one in Ephesians 4, neighbor, our Church of Christ friends have got it wrong. That one baptism is not the one behind me. That one baptism is spirit baptism. And when you get saved, you're immersed into the body of Christ. And brother, that's that one you better have. If you don't have it, you'll split hell wide open. Thank God the Lord added me to it. I like assembling into it, don't you? I like Oasap. I forgot to mark that, but it won't take me but a minute to find it. I like Oasap over in Psalms 73. You say why? He reminds me so much of me. And Oasap said, Truly God's good to Israel, verse 1, chapter 73, even to such are of a clean heart. But as for me, my feet were almost gone. My steps had well nigh slipped. For I was envious at the foolish when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. For there are no bands in their death, but their strength is firm. They are not in trouble as other men, neither they plagued like other men. Seemed like the wicked prospered, don't it? That's an age-old thought all the way back to Psalms 73. And, uh, you know, some, some drunk Somebody don't love God, wouldn't give five minutes to the Bible, they win a million dollar lottery. You say, why can't we win it? I hope we ain't playing it. And I'll tell you, Christmas is coming up, and if you go out and buy your grandkids a handful of lottery cards, you're not right with God. Thank you, you're welcome. Amen. 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 I mean, I've seen people get hooked on that stuff. When that first come out, I worked with an old boy and I liked him. And uh, And Steve knows him and, and Greg knows him and uh, Wilbur knows him. But oh, uh, uh, this old brother, he went out and on the way to work, he stopped and bought a lottery ticket, won $300 the first one he ever bought. Worst thing that ever happened to him. You say, why? He got hooked on that stuff and next thing you know, he got... Uh, got reprimanded at work, and then he lost his job. And the last time I had any count of him, he was on a house arrest wearing a bracelet. You say, why? Uh, you can get hooked on that stuff. Amen. You're not supposed to get, you're not supposed to get a million dollars given to you. You're supposed to work for it. Amen. Amen. Now listen, I'm not trying to be rich. I, I don't give up on that. But the Bible said that some people trying to be rich gets in trouble. Now if you win the lottery and give me a half million dollars, I'm not trying to be rich. You say, Brother Rick, what well if we win the lottery and we want to put a million dollars in the offering plate? Hey, the devil's had it long enough. Amen. But I'm telling you, I'm telling you, o ASAP. He was looking out there, and it didn't make sense. He said, "God seemed like people don't go to church, don't tithe, don't pray, don't read their Bible. Seemed like they get along better than we do." Yeah, it seems like it, but they don't. Right. Yeah. You know what helped ASAP? Verse sixteen. He said, "When I thought, I, he said, when I thought to know this, it was too painful for me. It hurt me to think about it." said, my feet was about ready to slip. I about said, I've had all of it I want. I'm done. But you know what helped him? Verse 17. Until I went into the sanctuary of God and then I understood therein. I've got help down at the church. When I've got weary and well-doing, you'll do that. Uh, If you wouldn't do it, Paul wouldn't have told you not to not do it. He said, be not weary and well-doing sometimes uh, well doing I like that Murphy law it said no good deed goes unpunished remember them little Murphy laws and little statues you used to buy those things were profound profound that man could a uh, that man could almost been solemn ever who's writing him things I mean there's some profound stuff in that uh, and uh, you look at you look at those things and you think about how things go in the world and if you ponder on it too long you'll wind up quitting God and getting mad at God and giving up on God because you can't explain it. But I'll tell you what, I'm like AsAP, I have went down to the church and assembled with the saints and an old brother get up preaching and I could leave that service and say Ebenezer, the Lord's helped me there. you ever got any help down at the church? Amen. Church is a problem-solving place. Amen. You can get the answer to problems down at the church if you listen to the preaching of the man of God. If he's following the Lord and he sought the Lord out, he'll have something to help you. Amen. But the reason some people can't say, Ebenezer, the Lord helped me down at the the church, they don't go down to the church. They don't go down to the church. I think about this. I think about one day, listen. I'm glad that I'm in the church. You say, why? That's what he's coming for. Paul said, I would not have you to as others which have no hope. But if we believe that Jesus died and rose from the dead, even those which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him when he comes. And this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive remain do not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord Himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. And then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together to be with the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another these words. Amen. you talking about getting some help. You're talking about Ebenezer. One of these days, the Lord is going to raise us up out of this place right before it plunges headlong into the great tribulation. A time that Jesus said there never had been a time like it before. Amen. I say, Ebenezer, down at the cross, the Lord helped me at the cross. I say, Ebenezer, down at the church, the Lord has helped me down at the church. Amen. Don't be down on the church. Christ died for it. You say, well, you don't know what they've done, done for me down there. I wouldn't be surprised. A bunch of sinners like us, they're liable to do anything. Get out of the will of God. We're liable to say something we shouldn't say or do something we shouldn't do. But you see, the help comes from the Lord. You see what it said? said, hitherto the Lord has helped me down there. Well, I'd venture to say that somebody gets some help down at the church this week. amen Amen. you see i ain't always went every sunday morning and every sunday night and didn't care about wednesday night i ain't always done that but i went to church one one day and the lord touched me in that service i ain't talking about getting saved i was already saved i'm talking about the lord touched me the lord touched me about near to the back of the church that night and my life from that moment to right now has never been the same. Amen. You say, we're going happen at down at the church. Right. Ebenezer, the church helped me down there. That's why you don't need to miss services. Not just revival this week but you don't need to miss services. Why? You might miss the one God's going to help you in. Amen. 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 Isn't it kind of funny how the Lord put a stone there as a type of the cross? Kind of funny how how the Lord told Peter, He said, Upon this rock, build my church. Look over in Luke 23. Luke 23, Garden of Gethsemane. Look if you would, verse 39, talking about the Lord. And He came out and went as He was wrought to the Mount of Olives. And his disciples also followed him. And when he was at the place, he said unto them, Pray ye that ye enter not into temptation. And he was withdrawn from them about a stone's cast. There it is. Every picture I've ever seen of Jesus praying in that garden, he's always, always praying, leaning upon a big stone. We got, I've got a picture out in my garage out back. And you've seen it before. It's a very well-known picture. And uh, it's Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane praying. And I've got one out in my garage. And my wife, I'll tell you this, is the truth. But somehow or another, a spider got inside that thing somehow or another. And right over the head of our lovely Lord, he spun a web looks just like a halo over his head. Amen? You say, well, you're saying... I'm saying, Ebenezer, put a stone there at the cross. Put a stone there, if you will, at the church. But put a stone at the closet. I've got help in prayer. Got help in prayer. Some of these uh, Calvinists and hyper-Calvinists, they almost teach you you don't even need to pray. How in the world that fits into the Bible, I don't know. What are you going to do with uh, with Romans ten? And Paul said, "My heart's desire and my prayer to God for Israel." What's he doing praying for him? If it didn't have something to do with it, why did Jesus? Why did Jesus say men ought always to pray? I don't know about you, but that verse is locked into my spirit. And a lot of times, I think, "What's the use?" And then that verse comes a comes crashing in, and it says, Men ought always to pray. I I pray when you and your wife's fussing. Pray when the kids ain't doing right. Pray when the church ain't going right. Pray when the preaching's dead. Pray when the singing's dead. Men ought always to pray. Hitherto the Lord hath helped me in the prayer closet. Don't know about you, but my Bible makes me a believer in God. But my closet makes me a believer in God. I get too many prayers answered for it just to be a coincidence. Somebody's up there answering my prayers and I know who it is. One man said we used to work out the factory and they had them old servamation machines. You'd go in there and get you a sandwich on your break or whatever they had in there. And really good stuff, you know, really good stuff. But you put your little money in there. You couldn't open the door until you put your little money in there. But you put your money in there, then you could open the door and get out what you was going to get. Now wouldn't I be ignorant to think there wasn't somebody back there putting that in there? And wouldn't I be ignorant to think that I'm down here praying ain't somebody up there answering these prayers. It's not, it's not just a happening thing. There's too much of it, amen. And sometimes it happens too fast. And I like it when God does it in such a way that you have to say that had to be God. I've got help down at the closet. Ebenezer put a stone there. The Lord's helped me through prayer. I've got a lot of my wishes through prayer. Somebody said God He'll give you God a supply you need, but He won't give you your wants. I said, listen, Dana Williams preaching a revival at Victory Baptist years ago and Brother Dana was preaching along that line and brother Dana said he said some people say God he won't give you your wants, but God'll give you what you need. I, He said, if you believe that, let me go rent a U-Haul tonight and I'm coming over to your house and everything you don't need, I'm taking. Well, most of what you and I got in our house, we don't need. We don't need it so much we got the garage full. We don't need it so much we rented a storage building across the road to put it in. We don't need it so much we have yard sales and beg people to buy it. At a low price, Amen. You an old fella lived up above us. Paul Moore, anybody know Paul Moore? No, brother Paul. He, uh, his wife Hazel. Remember Hazel? She run a little hamburger joint there by the house. And Hazel, she was a yard seller. And Hazel, she talked Paul into going with her yard selling. And Paul, he was mad about it. He said, "I ain't going no more. I ain't going with her no more." So said, why is that, Paul? He said, well, said they had a bunch of little old plates and dishes. And said Hazel picked up one that had a nickel on it. And Hazel said, would you take any of He said, it so embarrassed me I'm not going back. But i tell you what, I, I'm glad that, that God not only gives us our wants, He gives us our wishes. I bet you got some guns you didn't really need. Uh, amen. I bet. I bet we got more automobiles than what we really need. Amen. I bet you we got more clothes than what we can wear. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yes, sir. I'll tell you what it is. God just blesses His children. Uh, here in a few weeks, you're going to give to your children. You know why? You like to see the smile on their face. You like to make them happy. Uh, all you know in three weeks, it'll be broke laying in the hallway, and you'll trip over. And die. Uh, but you just like to see them get it, Amen. Uh, I think God likes to see us get stuff, don't you? God's helped me with my wishes. God's helped me with my weakness. So I got a lot of weaknesses, don't you? I've got a lot of weaknesses. God helps me with it. I like it. What the psalmist said in Psalm 121, he said, I look to the hills, which cometh my help, my help cometh from the Lord. We're really pretty weak. Don't take much to get us shoved in a corner where we can't get out. Don't take much for our little problems to get so big we can't handle them. We're so weak. But I'm glad he's strong. The little children say, I am weak, but he is strong thank God I'm glad the Lord's helped me he's helped me with my standing my wish standing you know you try to live for the Lord there's a lot of things that will come against you and we ain't seen a half of it yet uh, it's fixing it's fixing to uh, to heat up a little bit uh, I believe the thermostats going to be turned up a little bit in these coming days and uh, we've never had too much pushing against us but I believe we're going to see some things pushing against us Say, what are we going to do? Get in that closet and get down on our knees. And we'll probably do more of it than we ever have done. You say, why? We get help in that closet. Hitherto the Lord hath helped me. Ebenezer, put a stone there. The Lord's helped me in that closet. Amen. Look over in the Matthew's Gospel tonight. We'll be done over Matthew 28. Look at verse 1. And the Bible said, In the end of the Sabbath, as it began to dawn toward the first day of the week, came Mary Magdalene. I preached about her this morning. And the other Mary to see the sepulcher. And behold, there was a great earthquake. For the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and said upon it, There's her stone. It's amazing how God, through this Bible, God places the stone in the place where you and I can get help, you say, "You say, what's this place here where we get help?" I call it the crisis place. You say, "Why don't you think it's a crisis? Our Lord's been crucified uh, three days. They uh, they they took Him down from the cross, put Him in a tomb, sealed it, made it made it sure it's a crisis." Uh, I will tell you, it'd be a crisis in my life if I thought God was dead and there would not no God. But it'd be a crisis. But you know what? You can find help in the place of crisis. The Bible said it couldn't have gotten no worse. And Mary Magdalene, of course, John tells us she was the very first one there, and then the others come along. But the Lord helped. You say, what did the Lord do? He sent an earthquake. He said, an earthquake could help? Yeah, there's several times in the Bible an earthquake helped. Some earthquakes God sends, and some I guess the devil has permission to do it. Don't you think it helped when Paul and Silas were there, and they were in stocks and bonds, their backs were bleeding? There they were. There they were. All they could do is pray. But hitherto the Lord helped them. And right in that crisis, the Bible said God sent an earthquake. Someone said Elvis Presley didn't do the first jailhouse rockets in Acts sixteen. God rocked the jailhouse; all the doors got open. Amen. You see, God sent an earthquake, and the angels came down. I don't know if the angel of the earthquake they rolled the stone away. I, I'm glad God can. I'm glad God can open the doors that nobody else can open. And you know what? I'm glad God can close the doors that nobody can open. He opens doors, He's closed doors. I'm glad He's closed a few because I'd have went through them if He hadn't closed them and probably made a big mess. Probably been a crisis in my life. But I'm glad God opens doors. Mary went down there and the stone was rolled away. And then she got some help down there at the grave. You say, what was the help she got? Well, the stone was rolled away, but she heard something. Somebody said something. You say, what did they say? Verse 6, they said, He's not here. He's risen. That helps me tonight. To know that I've got a living Savior. He walks with me and talks with me a long, last, narrow way. I tell you, I, get, I wouldn't get much help tonight from that thing they had sitting over at the Chinese restaurant today, I, I wouldn't have got much help from that. I wouldn't have got much help from that. I wouldn't get much help from old Muhammad. He's been dead and rolled up for a long time. And Caleb sings about that. But I've got a lot of help from a living Savior. Amen. You say, you say, how you know he's risen? Well, the Bible said that he talked to Mary. And when he first talked to her, she didn't really understand it was Him. Have you ever had the Lord to talk to you, but you didn't really think it was Him? But then you found out later, it was the Lord. That's what happened to Mary. And Mary could say, put a stone right there. Put a stone right there. At that crisis, because the Lord helped me. Some of you sitting here tonight, boy, you had some crisis in your life. You've been through something. Some of us, we've all had some crisis, but some people's had some real crisis. But you know what I know because you're sitting here tonight? I know you could say, Ebenezer, hitherto the Lord helped me in my crisis. And I'm still able. I'm still going on by the grace of God. I'm glad tonight, listen, I'm glad I got a few Ebenezers. Have you got any? Well, I bet tonight if you're saved, I bet you got every one I got. I bet you got help at the cross. Amen. I bet you have got help down at the church house. I bet you I bet you got help in the closet. And I bet you got some help at your crisis. Ebenezer, hitherto the Lord has helped me there father I thank you tonight Lord for the message and and encouragement to know